Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play using the Dungeons & Dragons role-playing game from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective copyrights, trademarks, and related material. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for their hard work creating such wonderful games for us to play. Previously on Heroes Not Included. And where we met a giant in a tower who was crying, and so we went and killed it for no reason. <laughs> Again with the Wii. We made it to Silvery Moon. Did we actually do anything oh, there, was, there was something else before you got to Silvery Moon. You guys fought uh, some frost giants. Oh, yeah. They seemed to be oh, hunting for something. Us. Yeah. yeah, it was unmemorable. Because we owned them so completely. You did. You owned them, and it was one of those, uh, you know, note to sell for the GM. <laughs> we had a lucky mesmerizing them, focusing on one, then focusing on the second one. We drew aggro, Plus and I then crowd five, managed yeah, five punch five. round, a five punch round, <laughs> and many crits that night. Yeah, you had like five crit <laughs> That giant is spongy and bruised. <laughs> but yeah, and then you arrived at Silvery Moon. Arrived at Silvery Moon. Not included. You find yourselves in Silvery Moon. Do we all remember why we're here? Yes. Okay. We are searching for the Lord Roaring Horn. Yeah. Lord Roaring Horn. Who is a friend of Artist Simber. Yes. Friend of Artist Simber, who is the dad of this uh, guy we get for this. Sirak. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Silvery Moon is the gem of the north. Tree-like-ish. Greatest library in a lot of schools. Elves believe it's close to the old empire in its appearance. And it's run by High Marshal Mithrammer Arasuma, magically protected in some way, and it's in the Nether Mountains. Yeah. So, it's true that it has a real elven feel to it. It is really quite spectacular to see, where nature is respected. You, you entered in uh, through the Moon Gate... And the first thing you noticed was that it was an entirely different sort of vibe uh, than in Waterdeep or in Icewind Dale. The energy level of the city is different, a bit more low-key in terms of general activity level, because the majority of the people who live there are involved in some sort of intellectual pursuit. And in the case of Silvery Moon, most people who live here are involved in a whole variety of artistic or magical or intellectual pursuits. I can feel people thinking here. Yeah, exactly. As you're walking through the street, you know, you notice that you're oftentimes passed by people involved in conversations about all sorts of magical complex things and uh, histories and people uh, walking by reading books as they're walking. And I mean, it's definitely a, a different dirt on some people. Mm-hmm. A different sort of feel. There's also this, this general feeling in the air here. The best way to describe it is otherworldly. Things feel just ever so slightly more enchanting. There is a, a sort of magical energy that seems to be resonant throughout the entire space. Does it feel kind of like the Fae? There is a hint of that, yeah. Because I feel like the Fae is steeped in magic all the time. I would say that it, it feels like the Fae only through many layers of glass. Okay. You make your way uh, through town, 
until you come to a large opened area that has a bunch of market stalls set up and a few shops around the edges. And you see uh, several taverns and uh, several inns. And you see one in particular that looks rather inviting. It's called the Inn of the Wayward Sages. It seems as good a place as any to maybe get a drink. Set up home camp. Get some food. Get some rest. Okay. I'll hop in. All right. As you come in, you notice that it has a huge hearth with fire. And you see in front of the hearth, they have what seems to be a, a small stage. And you see several lutes on these stands next to it. There are, are a few people sitting in the common room. All of them are either writing or reading books or involved in quiet conversation. Are they all human? No. Um, you see elves and half-elves and uh, dwarves and gnomes and halflings. Um, that's something that you notice about Silvery Moon from the moment you walked in. It, it seems that um, just about every race in uh, Faerun seems to be represented, especially the, the more common races. If I see a gnome, I give him the gnome head nod. The gnome head nod. Rock on. All right. Very good. But you do notice that there is in the corner a half-elf. And he has this uh, slightly wispy beard. Like uh, an attempt to grow a beard has not gone well. And so it's just kind of a lot of these long wispy things. He seems to be pontificating to the person at the table who is giving him a rather incredulous look. And that's what the room looks like. That's what the uh, inn looks like. I sit down. Okay. I just start to rest. And at some point, I, I, uh, I notice this in- This conversation that's going on is pretty uh, animated. Well, you notice that uh, people come up and ask a question, and this person says something, and then they, they go away. And as I'm putting a drink to my mouth, mm-hmm. I say, go over there and listen. Okay. And then I take a drink. Okay. Did you say that out loud? I said it. Hushedly under my lips. So I get up, <clears throat> take my drink, and I go sit at the table next to him. All right. And I go... <laughs> 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 All right. So Malthus is over there, and, and now so is Callie. Uh, <laughs> he was apparently following orders now. Yeah. That's a new character development. Callie, you sit down at the table. Yep. And the individual next to you, says to this half-elf, Sage. And he says, yes. Here is my problem. I have a fruit tree, and I don't know whether I should eat all of the fruit now, before winter arrives, or if I should preserve some of that fruit for the winter ahead. And uh, this half-elf strokes his wispy little beard a little bit, and he looks at the guy, and he says, Hmm. I think that you shouldn't eat it or preserve it. That way it will rot, and you'll have even more fruit. And you see the guy kind of look at him a little bit like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And he says, Wait, so I'm just supposed to let it rot? Yes. Let the fruit rot, because rotting fruit is good fruit. So I'm sitting here, I'm assuming I'm, I'm kind of watching all this through Malthus, right? Yeah. And listening, and just kind of keeping enough awareness just to keep sipping on this drink. Yeah. <laughs> Am I able to do sort of an insight 
check just from what I'm seeing and hearing? Yeah, you can make an inside check. I'll allow that. Because um, I go, that sounds suspicious. Yeah. And then I just kind of, I guess, insight. What, uh, what is it you are attempting to uh, insightfully gain? Is this guy shooting straight or do I sense a con? Okay. Ooh, a three. It's very hard to look through someone else's eyes. Let's see. It's tough to say. So I just thought of some nature and survival things. Okay. And rotting fruit does not sound like it would be a good choice. So I'm trying. I'm trying to look at. I'm trying to think of the same thing. Like, why did the guy just give that that advice? Give that advice. All right. Um, With a twenty-five. Insight? Insight, yeah. You're not sure, because you just sat down, but you have a sense that this half-elf who is called Sage might not actually be a sage. Mm. Might, in (laughs) fact, actually not really know what they're talking about, Mm. at least in this particular instance. So the guy says to this sage, "I I don't understand. How is rotting fruit good fruit? And sage looks at him and says, Well, it's all in the stars. When the stars align, that's when cats will dine. (laughs) From across the bar, you guys hear, ha! He says, and that will be one gold. Ooh! And so the guy gives him a confused look and is like, uh, yeah, okay. And hands him a gold and he gets up and he he leans over to you, Calic, and he kind of whispers in your ear, he says, I'd save your gold if I were you. And uh, walks away. And the sage then looks at you and says, Let me guess. You have a problem with swimming. He's good. He's really good. Not not usually. Oh. Want to try again? You are... You were just in a rainstorm. Hmm... And I take some of the water mm-hmm. off of it and just shake it on the table. Uh-huh. I go, very perceptive. <laughs> <laughs> and I drink another swig of, of my ale. He says, I knew it was a, you were in a rainstorm because you are obviously from not around here. Wow. I drink another <laughs> swig. <laughs> wow. And then I just down it. You hear? And I slam it on the table. <laughs> he says, "It's a battle of the wits happening on the <laughs> other side of the bar." Right now. <laughs> he says, "So, what have you come to ask, Sage?" <laughs> he strokes the kind of the wisps that is his beard. And and I have actually a very full. Yeah, you you are, you are actually <laughs> well developed beard with a very very healthy degree of facial hair. And I go, "How come you cannot grow a real beard?" Ah, dung beetles. Let's see if I know what a dung beetle is. <laughs> Just a nature check. Yeah, nine. Mm. Yeah, you do. I mean, they're okay. fairly common. Good. I go. <laughs> no, really. Why can't you grow a beard? Oh, uh, well, as I said, dung beetles, they inhibit hair growth in people of elven nature. <clears throat> What's an elf? Why I am, and he fondles the wispiness beard again. Holes don't have facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm confused. <laughs> hmm. So all elves can't grow beards. Well, 
It depends on your level of exposure to the dung beetle. Thankfully, as a child, my exposure was minimum. Explain how the dung beetle is exposed to you. Wait. There you go. <clears throat> uh, more, more drinks, please. Barmaid comes over <laughs> and fills up your stein. Go. <clears throat> one second. And I down it again, and then I just grab another one from it. <laughs> just from as they're walking by. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> grab one off. Uh, the... That will be mine. <laughs> nice. Set it down and go. <clears throat> now I am properly prepared. <laughs> he says, it's used as an ointment to treat blue eyes. Is his eyes blue? No. How does it get to your beard? How does what get to my beard? The dung beetle paste that you put on your eyes. How did it get down to your chin, where a proper beard would grow? Usually it's applied with the fingers. Whose fingers? Well, in this particular case, my dearest mother. What was your mother's name? I think her name was Parsley. Why would you think that and not know? She was your mother. We lived for a very, very long time. Who's we? We elves. (laughs) Us elves. Where are the rest of them? I look around. Well, there are a few elves in the corner. They're having a conversation. And he says, we are everywhere. The elves are everywhere. Everywhere I have gone, I have seen an elf. And they're your elves. Well, no, they're not my elves. Well, then whose elves are they? And I take another swig of my drink. He says, the elves of the mountains. Oh, I can't resist at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I come and pull out a chair and sit down. And he says, ah, what have you come to ask Sage today? I say, oh, mighty Sage of great elven ancestry. In your long lifespan, have you been working here a long time? I don't work, I give. Oh, have you been giving here for a long time? Since 2 p.m. I mean, so I noticed um, um, the, the amount of money for your, your advice is, is significant. That was in a gold piece I saw, I saw that last person give. Well, I wanted to help him with his fruit. Right. So dwarves are elves, because they come from the mountains. Yes, they are elves, but only elves after they have eaten apple jam. Do you think we need anything from this guy? I see that over my shoulder, I guess the, the farmer's still like gathering his stuff up or, or having a last drink. Oh no, he's left. He's left? Yeah, it's not even, it wasn't even a farmer. It, was like, it, just, it, looked, uh, it looked like someone who just happened to have a fruit tree in their yard. Okay, and they're local? Yeah. Okay. Everyone's, everyone seems to be local so far. So... I talk to him and I, and I say I did like the story of the of the man with the fruit tree and you said you wanted to help him, right? Yes. I, say, I wanted to give him the thing that makes him better. Really? Oh, it's almost like I can see an inner glow about you. And I get I, I get close and my voice takes on a strange harmonic. Okay. You notice this. Is this the Benny Gesserit voice you're using? Yes. <laughs> I get the Benny Gesserit voice. Where all of a sudden you hear almost like there's there's a strange devil's chorus <laughs> of harmony coming out of my... The, the, I don't know how to describe this. That's fine. You're doing great. The Vintage Ezra voice is probably about the best way. Yeah, yeah. I just go, then perhaps you should spend the next eight hours helping him harvest his fruit. <laughs> okay. 
And then see if he does. Because I am going to suggest. It sounds like suggestion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He gets a wisdom save against a 16. It's true. Pull, uh, and Malvis, if he if he if he doesn't uh, make this, just just kills Luther. I don't want to say that out loud. I don't want to see him. Yeah, I say that right, right. Like I'm looking kind of past him a little bit. Just slit his throat. <laughs> just slit his throat. I can't let anyone see me fail a suggestion the first time. <laughs> can't do that. He, he thinks highly of me. Calic does. Yeah, I got I got uh, I got the reputation of me. Yeah, so he uh, fails. He fails. Excellent. Yes. yes. And he looks at you and he says that. Is a great idea. Mm-hmm. I think I am going to help him mm. harvest his fruit good. so that he can make jam. I think that's good thinking. Oh, and if you'll leave your purse, then I'll buy a round for the for the bar to uh, tell everyone how how useful you you are going to be and, and spread the word about your great fruit harvesting sage advice. Oh yes, of course. And he kind of unties his coin purse from his belt and. Mm-hmm. Puts it on the table and he he guts up and he walks out of the the, the inn. <laughs> that guy's gonna spend eight hours harvesting plums for some dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at the coin purse and all there is is one gold piece. You can have that. Use the purse. I assume with him to have it. I wasn't even I wasn't even gonna have the purse. Man, I was having fun with him. I know, but just think of how much fun he's having. Why did you tell him to leave? Hmm? Uh, I felt those. I felt as though he was a distraction that might could lead to another entire evening of doing one thing. Could have been. <laughs> now who am I gonna talk to? So the barmaid <laughs> comes uh, around and says, "More drinks? Would you care for some food? You're here at a very good night. We have uh, some wonderful performances coming up this evening." And I say, "Maybe you can help me." Oh, uh, sure. I'm, I'm new to the town, and I'm wondering if you know any way to help me find out where I could find this Lord Roaringhorn. Uh, yes, the Roaringhorns live in a manor that is the other side of Helmer's Wall, near the Hunter's Gate. Okay. Shouldn't be too hard to find this. She says, it's, it's on the other side of town from here, across the market, but it is fairly easy to find. Find the uh, old wall and uh, head north, and uh, then it's just uh, west of the Hunter's Gate, near the park. I said, do you think there's a lot of lords in this town? She says, we have a great number of individuals from all walks of life here at Silvery Moon. You seem to know this one very quickly. Is, 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 is he a fairly infamous within Silvery Moon? Infamous? Oh, no. Uh, not infamous, but he is popular. I guess I just say thank you. You're welcome. I go, uh, who's performing? Ah, well, that is a real treat. Everyone is very excited because he just recently became head of Utrum's Music Conservatory. We, she kind of pauses for a second and she looks at you like, you know, be ready for this. She says, we have Mercurio Augusto Domine tonight. I heard this name. <laughs> uh, you can uh, you can make a roll. Yeah, what would that be? Any intelligence check. I'll take any intelligence check you want to use other than religion. Or I would even accept a performance check. Because I'm feeling generous. 19. Performance. 
Eleven. Uh, yes, you both have heard of this bard. Apparently won a bardic duel some time ago. I go, wonderful! Ooh. Another ale, please. <laughs> I'll have another one of those, if you don't mind. Also, we're gonna need rooms. Oh, well, we do have some rooms available. How many do we want? Like, two? This table's fine. Yeah, let's just get two. Soon, that one's gonna take care of this. Yeah, she's <laughs> no like two. It is. So yeah, you dine, and eventually the the common room begins to fill up, until the point where it becomes quite crowded, and and bizarrely, more and more people keep coming in, and it feels like all these people shouldn't be able to fit into this room, but somehow this room is accommodating everybody. And while it's crowded, why do you keep getting elbowed? I keep getting elbowed. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and while it's personal crowded, space. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, and while it's crowded, um, most people uh, seem to be able to find a place to sit and etc. They shouldn't fit in here, but they do. This is a fire hazard. <laughs> After probably about 30 minutes of people gathering, um, you notice all of the lanterns in uh, the common room dim. And you see sparks begin to kind of fizz and pop and zoom out oh, of the yeah, fireplace. I know that one. <laughs> and uh, the fireplace all of a sudden erupts into these huge blue flames. At the very moment that they erupt in these huge blue flames, they dissipate. And standing in front of you is this human. And he is holding a loot. Everybody in the place starts applying, yelling. And he does several deep bows. And he starts playing. Before he does that, <clears throat> I go, a little pretentious, don't you think? I shrug. Hey, Obard, what you happen to notice is that um, whether or not he's pretentious, one thing is certain. He has an amazing fashion sense. Oh, yeah. And he he's is very well put together. Very well dressed. Certainly as well dressed as uh, you would expect maybe a noble to be. Really? Definitely up on the latest trends. But yes, he begins playing, and it is really quite incredible. It makes for a very lovely evening. <laughs> and uh, a mixture of ballads and anthems and fight songs and bar songs and kind of all over the board. Aspen gets the crowd to sh- start shouting requests. Okay. Yeah, it seems that it's impossible to stump him. That every request that gets shouted, he seems to know. Uh, the evening passes, and we wake up the next day. I'm assuming, Calic, that you didn't actually go upstairs. Nope. That at some point you just passed out. Mm-hmm. Right at the table. Uh, yeah, so the next day you guys come downstairs, and hearing that you were meeting a lord, Valum broke out your best doublet. Oh, great. I didn't, know, I didn't know he was carrying uh, more clothes around for me. Yes, oh, well, you know, he had, he had a few. And embroidered all over the cloak is the house crest. Excellent. At a distance, it creates this sort of shimmery, moving pattern. Um, Jador uh, is looking his usual self. Uh, and when you come downstairs, you see Kalik passed out, <laughs> head on the table, in his own puddle of drool. <laughs> of him. <laughs> I might nudge the table as I walked by. Okay. But uh, as soon as he nudges the table... Uh-huh. I jump up and flip over and sit down. Okay. And I go, huh? What? Good morning. 
Valen claps. <laughs> oh, that was very, he very goes, impressive. Very good. That was very impressive. And he turns around and he goes, clap. And he kind of shakes his finger at Serac, and Serac's like, oh, uh, and claps again. You clap when Master's friends do things. <laughs> yeah. He says. Yeah. Don't be rude. I guess I just start making my way down uh, towards the Hunter's Gate. All right. Yeah, you, uh, again, walk through the big market space. It's easy to find your way around because on the other side of the market, you see this wall that's kind of set up in the middle of the city, almost like there was an original size to the city, and then the city grew more, and then after the city grew more, it built a, a new wall. Mm-hmm. And this seems to be like literally an old wall. And it's fairly easy to walk along it as you uh, walk towards the Hunter's Gate. Eventually you come across another large thoroughfare and you take a left to begin heading west and you follow that until you come to this lovely park-like space. And around this park-like space you see a bunch of homes. All of them quite grand. Is the fancy part of town? Tough to say because from what you've seen, the entire town seems to be rather fancy. But, uh, yeah, you do kind of find yourself surrounded by palatial houses. You hear Sirak from the very back of the group. Oh, um, so, so that's the, that, that's their, uh, that's, that's, uh, the, uh... House. The word you're looking for is house. Yeah, so there's their colors. And he kind of points over at one of them. Their colors? Yeah, he points at one of the houses and you see that it's, it's flying... Does it have a signal of a horn being blown? <laughs> it does. It has a signal of a horn, and out of the horn seems to be rushing wind. Okay. And what are the colors? The colors mm-hmm. are um, gold and purple. Is it a gate? There's no gate, but there are steps up to a, a very large front door. Okay. I walk up like I own the place. Okay. Valum rushes forward and, and I stand in front of the door and wait for him to ring it. He he pulls the he pulls the <coughs> bell rope and he pulls it and you hear this melody of bells. Oh, As opposed okay. to just one bell. It's just a, it's a, you hear a melody. Yep. And uh, a minute later you see the door open and uh, a tall human male dressed in a deep purple doublet and he says yes Oh my god, it's their Valum. <laughs> it's their Valum. I say, um, I am Eobard Thawne of the House Fangstone, and I seek an audience with your lord. Very well. And he opens the door, and he says, if you would follow me. How old is this guy? Um, looks to be in his 50s. He says, walk this way. And we all mimic the way that he walks. <laughs> he leads you into uh, the foyer, and the foyer is quite grand. It has a huge spiral staircase that goes up three floors, and otherwise the foyer is completely open, up to this, what seems to be this diamond chandelier. I, uh, I look up, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I stumble backwards, and I catch myself. <laughs> I Knock over the umbrella stand. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you enter, he uh, ushers you into a room off to your right. And in my mind, I think, go look for trouble, little friend. <laughs> mm. Yes. And you hear, you feel the pressure kind of mm-hmm. lift off from your shoulder and then slam back down onto your shoulder. Oh. Okay. Ah, I don't like the house. The house doesn't like me. <laughs> and the second that, hap- yeah, the second that <laughs> happens, I just woof him into his little pocket dimension. Okay. <laughs> 
You are completely unhelpful to me. The guy, after he makes sure everybody has gone into the room, he looks at the rest of you and he says, And who else, may I say, is calling? I, I look over at Val. And, uh, and Val says, Oh, uh, yes. Uh, this, um, this is Lord Kallik, the wet. And he says, And this is uh, Lord Aspen, the short. <laughs> and he says, The squirrel. But this <laughs> is Jador. They are all members of my lord's traveling party. And I say, will he be long? And he looks at you and he goes, the lord of the house will attend to you at his leisure. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's the real deal. (laughs) He says, and before I leave, waves his hand and you see on a, a table in the room, which is filled, by the way, with some very large leather upholstered furniture. And on a table in the middle of the room appears some fruit and some water. And he says, Also you should know that Lord Roaringhorn does not tolerate magic in the household without his permission. And he kind of gives you, Eobard, a knowing look. (laughs) And uh, with that, he, in one motion, bows, backs out of the room, and closes the doors behind him. One fluid motion. Wow. And you hear Valen go, Oh. So, that's, that's how it's done, boys. So fancy. Immediately go plop down in one of the chairs. It is very comfy. Mm. Aspen is kind of bouncing in one of them. Yeah, that's easily to do. Jador is uh, standing sheepishly in the corner. I pat the couch next to me. Okay. Um, he kind of gives you a look like, hmm. No. Too small. Like they're pretty well stuffed to me, but if you say so. Me break. It's your butt. Buddy. Very awkward. <laughs> uh, so some time goes by. I fall asleep. Yes. <laughs> and finally, I I guess yeah I read my little book. Okay. Finally, the doors open and in steps this valet again, and he says, Lord Zelron Roaringhorn. And in steps this human male, gray hair, uh, well-cropped Van Dyke, also gray. And if it wasn't for his hair, you'd swear he was like in his 20s. Hmm. And he steps in and he says, Ah, guess, Lord Aerobard. I stand up. Says, it's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. And you must be Lord Kallik. Huh? Huh? Yes. <clears throat> Lord Lord Kallik, yes. Wonderful. It's a pleasure. And he looks over at, at you, Aspen, and he says, And Lord Aspen, do I detect the Fae? Probably. He says, Well, you'll have to give my regards to, to the court. What brings you to my home on this auspicious day? So I... I reach back and I kind of gesture towards Sirak okay. uh, without looking at him okay. to, come, to come forward. You, you hear Valum turn around and he grabs Sirak by the collar and he literally just kind of shoves Sirak forward. And he, says, <laughs> and I say, he says, when Master calls you, go. <laughs> I say, we're, we're on the hunt for this young man's father and we were told that you might be a friend of his. And he looks at Sirak and he says, who is your father, boy? Um, w- well, 
so he was. Uh, well, he he's from Br- Bryn Shander. And I push and him he, back. Can <laughs> <laughs> <And> I say? <laughs> what he's trying to say is his father's name's Artis Inver. Artis Inver. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, the boy is correct. Artis is a friend of mine. We think he might be in some danger. How so? Well, a... Let's see. A murder of crows. A fument of dragons. What we call a large quantity of frost giants. A blizzard of frost giants. A blizzard of frost giants came and knocked on the front door of Bryn Shander and asked for his acquaintance. Ah, I see. We killed them. Did they say why they were looking for artists? Uh, no. They said, send out... They said... (laughs) 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 They said, send out our December. And we looked all over town and couldn't find him. But we found this guy. (laughs) Hmm. Well, I haven't seen artists for some time, I'm afraid. When was the last time you guys spoke? It would be quite a few months now. Ah. And, and where? Here. If you, if you could help us hunt him down at all. Oh, well, I, I'm not sure that uh, he would be easy to find, but uh, it was last year sometime. We had a party celebrating the news that we had received, that the Cult of the Dragon had been finally stopped. So I get up out of the chair, and as I get up, it sounds like someone who just came wet from the beach, sat in their, like, leather car chair, and oh, then got that, up yes. as I stand up, <clears throat> and I look back, and there is a stain of water markings mm-hmm. on the, the shape of a person. Of me, and I go, um... <clears throat> and you, I, you see his valet <laughs> standing next to him just kind of like this, and it disappears. <laughs> and I look at him very closely. With one eye cocked, closed, or one eye open, I don't know. I don't know how that saying goes. And he meets your eyes. Good. (laughs) So with a 17, I'm trying to figure out how honest does this gentleman seem to be at this moment. Uh, With a 17? Yeah. He, uh, in every way, appears to be telling you the truth. He says, I have attempted to scry his whereabouts on several occasions, but have failed in finding him. Artis always had the unique talent of not being able to be found when he didn't want to be. Do you normally scry your friends? I scry when it's important. (laughs) This man owe you some quantity of money. (laughs) But why did you travel all the way to Bryn Shander? Fangstone, if I'm not mistaken, is considerably more southern than that. I say, well, we were in we were in Waterdeep at the time, and maybe you haven't noticed the. Let's just say I've seen a lot more giants in the last six months than I have seen in my in the entire rearing of my formative years. Yes, we seem to be developing a giant problem. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that what he said. Take it in. Jador looks and he goes, "Mini giants." Yes. <laughs> One Jador. Someone else, say it in a different way. Valum. <laughs> Not good. Sirik, try to explain it. <laughs> no, no, no! Yeah. Ignore that command. Abort, abort. What we're trying to say is there are slightly more than the mean of giants that you usually see. 
Well put. <laughs> and we were investigating, and our investigations led us to Yon Brinchander, <laughs> where we did, in fact, see the most frost giants I've ever seen in one place. A blizzard. Do we? I do think you? we're calling it a blizzard. We would like you to please carry this tradition on, <laughs> as at some point we're hoping that it catches. <laughs> and we already have t-shirts made. <laughs> Pick them up at Mirabai. Mars of Pan. Actually, actually I survived the blizzard at <laughs> Brinchander. Actually, we can't have t-shirts made, um, because blizzard is actually copyrighted. Ah! Uh, oh no! He says, do you have any idea why the giants are rampaging? Oh no, this is why we were, this is why we went on, uh, uh, on our hunt. I go, yes, we do. We do? This is, uh-uh, yes. Mm. The, the Ording. Do we? The Ording. Ordan. Ord. Ordian. Ordning. I, I thought Ordan. that was more of a symptom. And I look at Jador. I go. No. Jador goes, Giant way. It's, yeah. it's the ordning. Yes. Ordning. Or, ordning. Whenever Jador says anything and we're in, in company, I just nod as if, if that was the most logical thing that could have been said. Obviously. And I wonder why. Do you need more? Expo- he just, yeah. he, he's he said, the, he said how many a dozen? He said 12. What do you want? The king of the giants is missing and or dead. We are unsure. Hecaton is missing. Yeah. Which is why all the giants are rampaging, because there's no way to keep them in line. It has created a power vacuum. They're all trying to fight everybody else to get to the top of whatever weird god system. So you are attempting to find him. We are attempting to find Artis Simber. I mean... You you will not find Artis Simber. Well, then I guess, yeah, we're looking for Hecaton. If that's going to... What stops everything from being deadly and giants and stuff. Me. They trampled my home, okay? He says, Well, given that uh, you have committed yourselves to attempting to find Hecaton, I think it would be impolite of me not to assist you in some way. Here, here. Second it. And he, <laughs> he turns to his valet and he says, If you would. And he goes, And he kind of looks at Valum real quick for a second, then he looks back at Lord Roaringhorn, and he gives this deep, straight bow, and he says, As you wish, my lord. <laughs> and at that same time, he is out of the room again. Yep. And you hear Valum go. I look at Valum. <laughs> I give him the are you taking notes <laughs> symbol. Poor Val. <laughs> and a moment later, he returns, and he has this tray, and on this tray, he has um, three boxes. And they're differently shaped. One's large and square, another one is a small rectangle, and then another one is a long cylinder. And uh, Is there a large curtain anywhere in the room? <laughs> you may take one of the boxes. <laughs> or do you go for the curtain? Do you go for the curtain? <laughs> oh, guys, I stole. <laughs> no, he picks up the small rectangular box, and uh, he walks over to you, Calic. And he says, I think you will find this of use. I take the box. Okay. <laughs> and I go, what, what am I going to do with a box? Come on, alchemist job. <laughs> he says, 
never-ending um, man. I would recommend you open it. Oh yes, <laughs> I open the box. Okay. You open the other like chemicals that, too. <laughs> you open the box, and out of the box comes these goggles that seem to exude magical energy. Do you wish to try them on? Yes, I immediately put them on. They're the goggles of eyeball eating. (laughs) (laughs) How did you think that was going to (laughs) happen? Whenever the DM says, do you want to try these on, the answer is no, No, man. Until hours and hours of investigating it. (laughs) These are called goggles of night. He then um, picks up the large square box, and he walks over to you, Aspen. No, okay. And he, he hands it to you and he says, I think you will find this incredibly useful. Aspen takes the box and he shakes it. And he shakes it on the other side. Okay. And then he opens it up. All right. In it, you was s- a delicate glass <laughs> magical item that is now a fine powder. <laughs> In it, you see a robe that has cloth patches of various shapes and colors covering it. <laughs> I know what this is. It's so awesome. <laughs> do you want to look at the? Do you want to look at the patches more closely? Yeah. You see patches that look like a dagger. You see patches oh. that look like a bullseye lantern. You see a patch on there that looks like it has a mirror. Um, you see patches with rope. Patches with sacks. You see patches that look like potions of healing. Several pens oh. with random, you think, bands. That you you see. Uh, <laughs> uh, you see a patch. That looks like a window. You see a patch that looks like two dogs. You see a patch that looks like a boat. A patch that looks like a ladder. A patch that looks like an iron door. All sorts of patches on it. Neato jets. And then he says, And of course, Lord Aerobard. Mm-hmm. And he picks up the cylindrical box. And uh, he walks over and hands it to him. He says, I think you'll find this particularly useful. Um, I'll pop it open. You pop it open, and in it you see a wand. Draw it out. Okay. It has uh, gold and silver inlays mm-hmm. around what's, what seems to be some sort of hefty metal. And it has some sorts of inscriptions. I say, it's beautiful. What is it? He says, it may uh, help you in detecting magic. He says, well, I do wish you the best of luck. So, um, these items are very helpful. And, and I am very grateful. But perhaps even more valuable would be, uh, at this point, we actually have no trail to follow, if I'm, if I'm weighing my notes correctly. I don't suppose you have any idea of where to look next. He says, uh, where are you staying? Uh, the Inn of the Wayward Sages or something? Ah, yes. Something? We met a Wayward Sage. <laughs> He says, I do believe Mark performed there last night. He says, well, I am having a, a party this evening, and if I come across any information, I'll send it to you at the end. Fair yeah. enough. Great party talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you guys heard about this uh, giant thing? You hear about this? Uh, <laughs> has anyone seen Hecton? I saw it on BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> he, says, uh, he says, I will send a word to you. I say. He says, and if I do hear anything... Pertaining to Artis Simber, I will also let you know. Sirak, you may stay here with me. And Sirak goes, Oh, uh, well, uh okay, great. Uh, that's, that's, that's lovely. Um, thank you. I say, this is probably what the Golden Trout wanted. Valum turns and looks at him and says, I would tell you that you did a good job, 
but I wouldn't want to get your hopes up. And then he goes and cries in the corner because he's going <laughs> to be And he looks at him and he says, remember to always do what your master says. And he... Come on, Valum! And you see, and you see, and you see Valum, Valum does this. He kind of turns his head to the side and he puts his hand on his forehead and he goes, now go. <laughs> does he try to say something and he pushes his finger to his lips and goes, shh, 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 just go. No words. Go. <laughs> So with that, uh, uh, Lord Roaring Horn and Sirak and, uh, depart, and uh, the valet escorts you to the front door. And um, upon exiting from the front door, you see at the foot of the steps a courier. Is it somebody's birthday? <laughs> the courier is standing there with a scroll in his hand, and as you're walking down the steps, he says, oh, This is the most unusual thing. I stare at him. <laughs> he says, I was told that if I came here to this exact spot, that I would find a, a party of individuals who, I'm told, are the hunters of Hecaton. Oh, we have a name. Ooh. I look at him a bit longer, mm-hmm. and then I say, and <laughs> I uh, have an invitation for you. And he holds out the scroll. I take it, crack the seal, okay. open it up. You want to look at the seal first? <clears throat> Figure it's going to be signed. Yeah. Oh, shit. As you'll know from my seal who I am. <laughs> oh, no. Where'd it go? Does We're... anyone have mending? It's time to shine. Finally. I do not have mending. We Finally. We screwed. Worse. Can't <laughs> you open up the scroll, and it says... To those hunting Hecaton, I send this invitation to the Moon Gleam Tower. Please come to Everland and be my guests. There is much to discuss. And underneath is signed Crowin Valharo. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. If you would like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at heroesnotincluded.com. Heroes Not Included is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Podbean. Please rate, review, like, and share us. We'd love to hear from you. Your continued support is critical to our success. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. As a patron, not only will you be helping keep the lights on, you will gain access to patron-only content, including a special patron-only Star Wars podcast. Visit the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next week, be the hero. Be the hero.